You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, and we have a fantastic presentation for you today. We are re-watching the 1997 NBA All-Star Game for the uninitiated. That is the Glenn Rice MVP as a member of the Charlotte Hornets, and he also sets a pretty outstanding record in the second half. So we will get to that in just a moment. We have a special guest for this live show, John Fokey, radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets and host of Banter from the Booth, the podcast, uh, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, which we will be on coming up. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, This was a live video presentation that we did. If you want to watch us on Zoom watching this 97 All-Star game, or at least the second half of it, you can go to the Locked On Live Facebook page or to our Twitter account at Locked On Hornets. But if you want to sit down with the audio, that's cool too. You can uh, tune your video uh, uh, on YouTube to 3333. Check the link out in the show notes if you want to sync up with our play. Uh, That will be coming up in a few minutes. Uh, But until then, enjoy myself, Walker Mail, and John Fokey re-watching this amazing 1997 NBA All-Star Game. So we've got a lot of basketball to watch, so I want to hit play here in just a moment. But, uh, John, can you give us some memories of uh, watching this game or hearing about this game all the way back in 97? Do you remember anything about this game? Well, a couple of things stand out to me uh, growing up in Minnesota was the fact that it was Kevin Garnett's first all-star appearance. So that was really big news. Tom Gugliotta was in it. And then uh, there there were a number of, of Minnesota connections. Christian Leitner uh, was an all-star, uh, not as a member of, of the Timberwolves, but certainly, you know, we we drafted him back in the day. And so he was in it. And then uh, as I kind of went through the rosters to get ready for this, Terrell Brandon, who spent some time in a Timberwolves uniform, was also in it. So it was really fun uh, thinking back to, you know, where I was in terms of growing up in my NBA fandom and seeing a number of guys that were connected to that franchise that I followed as a kid Uh, and eventually worked for, but getting a chance to see some of those guys and realize that they were going to be in this game too. Those are awesome names, by the way, we got Gugliotta. We got, we got Terrell Brandon, who I think most people know him from the sports illustrated cover, the NBA's best point guard. Maybe he was for like a year. I don't even know if he was for a year, but I remember him being this, the cover of sports illustrated. And as we were looking at some of the, I, I was pulling the video up. And Doug, we were talking about this being somewhat of a transition year, right? Like all of these guys, Penny's in this all-star game and he wouldn't be uh, Penny Hardaway as we grew to love back then much longer. Dikembe Mutombo is probably on his way out of being like this uh, big all-star. I knew he'd have a successful year with Philadelphia. It just seemed like these kind of guys, these stars of the early 90s, they were exiting their prime and they were passing the torch to some of the new stars that would come forth in the early 2000s, as John mentioned, Kevin Garnett making a first all-star appearance. Yeah, and we're going to get plenty of KG stories from John as we continue this live stream. Why are you here, John? That's why I invited you. We wanted all the, all the KG dirt. Um, we'll get to that in just a moment. Let me give you some fast facts on this all-star game before uh, we hit play. This was the 47th edition of the all-star game, but it commemorated the 50th anniversary of the NBA. It was played in Cleveland, Ohio. The national anthem for the USA sung by... Brian McKnight. We went all the way back to one. It was amazing. 
Also a very good baller himself, by the way. Uh, yeah, he didn't he play in a in, in one of the all-star challenges, like the celebrity challenge? I think he yes, was. And I believe he may have seen some professional time with maybe a developmental league, maybe overseas. I know okay. he played okay. somewhat professionally. If I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to look that up in just a moment. All right, most votes uh, by the fans. Of course, the guy that's on the screen right now, Michael Jordan, 2,451,000. Uh, second most votes, Charles Barkley with 1.8 million. So there you go. Then Sean Kemp with 1.7 million. Was and third. we're transitioning to fat Sean Kemp, by the way, here. Like this is the middle between before we're skinny Sean Kemp or just beast mode athletic Sean Kemp. We're, we're transitioning to fat Sean we're in Kemp. The, we're in the soft middle era of Sean Kemp basketball. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> That's where we are. Okay. Uh, if you gentlemen are ready, we will all hit play at the same time. If you are watching at home, I'll put a link in the show notes to the video that we were watching on YouTube, and you can sync your play at 33 minutes and 33 seconds. Are you ready? Yep. Count us down, Doug. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Perfect. And we are off. I'm going to turn the volume down just a little bit on this broadcast, even though it is the great Marv Albert, Bill Walton, and uh, Gukas, I think. Gaukas? Gukas? He's on the call as well. I got to tell you, in watching uh, some of this to prepare for this, and I was telling Walker this before we went on, but the back and forth between Marv Albert and Bill Walton throughout this broadcast was absolutely outstanding because, Doug, you brought it up that it was the 50th anniversary. So at halftime, they trotted out the 50 greatest players in NBA history, and Walton was one of them. And all those guys, if you remember the the images, they all got these like varsity letter jackets Um to commemorate the 50th and Walton wears his the entire second half. He won't take it off. <laughs> and Marv is just giving him the business the entire time. Yeah. Quintessential Bill Walton would be great. I'm mesmerized by some of the players. I think I just watched Vin Baker get a rebound. I, this is a great all-star game with just random all-stars. I, Terrell Brandon starting. There's Vin again. You can't stop Vin Baker. You can only hope to contain him. I, Look at these guys, man. I'm, I just like the, the obscure all-stars that we have in this one. I'm going to move this video. If you like that, wait till they go to the bench. Oh, man, I'm excited. <laughs> well, Shaq, uh, so I think Shaq's coming off the bench for the West. Uh, I think Shaq was injured. Oh, okay. Because there were a number of guys, like in looking through the, the box score, there were a number of guys that you're wondering, why aren't they on there? Mm-hmm. And they were injured. And so KG, the... My KG, not your KG, Doug. Uh, Kevin Garnett was—he uh, was an injury replacement for Shaquille O'Neal. And there was like, there's a bunch of guys that that were out. Barkley, who, who got the second most votes, he was out. Um, so there was a, yeah, a number Drexler, of guys that were. Drexler was injured. Alonzo Mourning, then playing for the Miami Heat, he was injured. And Patrick Ewing was the starting center for the East, uh, but he was injured. Joe Dumars and Chris Weber, the replacements for the East, and Detlef Shrimp, Chris Gatling, the Gatman, and Kevin wow. Garnett, your injury replacements. Uh, by the way, I think this is going to be the second made. Yeah, we just saw Glenn Rice hit one three and then come right back down the court and hit another one. Did um, did Tom Gugliotta have a nickname that you liked, uh, John, when he played for the Wolves? Because I, I mean, I like well, calling him Googs, but I don't, I don't think that that was actually a nickname for him. <laughs> uh, it was actually oh, it was a, a nickname that a lot of people used for him. and you got to remember Kevin Harlan was calling uh, Timberwolves games during this time and so he had the googly oogly otta um, he had that call <laughs> yeah. he called them googs um, 
oh man, there were some great, there were some great. I had a chance to catch up with Tom Gugliotta. I think it was two years ago when the Timberwolves were celebrating uh, their thirtieth season, and I had to ask him about the barbed wire tattoo, right? Because like, who wasn't at that time? Uh, especially when Googs was was such a stud for the Wolves, we we're all drawing that in Sharpie on our arm. And Googs was just <laughs> laughing and said, like, you know, at the time it was pretty cool, but now he he kind of wishes that he didn't have that because his daughters or his kids are talking about getting tattoos, and they're like, Dad, you had one. <laughs> yeah, hard to defend it. Uh, speaking of hard to defend, Glenn Rice right now in this All Star game starting to heat up. Uh, he's, I think he hit a, a few shots in the first quarter, but there he goes yeah. again, splash Ooh. from three. Uh, so Glenn Rice, this was his – oh, Jordan likes it. Um, this was his <laughs> second all-star – second straight all-star appearance for the Charlotte Hornets. In this season, he scores 26.8 points per game, four rebounds on 47% shooting from three. And there – see, he shouldn't have – I don't know what he was doing there, driving, trying to score on Carmelone. Like, just shoot threes, Glenn. That's, you, were, you were an expert that season. Man, that motion is straight up. There's not a lot of moving parts. I, that's just robotic and smooth all at the same time. I, those numbers are crazy that you just went down the line with him. I, you know, watching him play in this game, I, you can just tell how smooth he is, man. Glenn Rice was money. And, and he's so much bigger than I remember. Like, you just see him rise up over, over Sean Kemp, over Carl Malone, those guys. Like, he had great size to be, as you said, Walker, to be as smooth a shooter as he was. Uh, John, we were watching uh, the nine, one of the 98 playoff games when the Hornets faced off against the Bulls, and I made that same exact co- uh, comment that Glenn Rice, I just don't remember him being that big. Uh, I think because he was such a uh, known as such a sharpshooter, I think we had this sort of guard mentality uh, about him, uh, but he was, he was definitely good size for the small forward position. How do we like the wearing your own uniform away and home version? Love do we it. like this or do we Love like the it? No, I do too. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I was, well, especially as I was trying to figure out who was on the floor, it made it a lot easier to see, okay, who was good at this time in a Sacramento Kings uniform or, uh, you know, the trail Brandon in a Cavs uniform. Like who could that be? I think it made it easy to identify these guys. If I, mean, I had I, to choose one jersey to get, I think I'm choosing the Terrell Brandon Cavs jersey. I'm just a huge fan of that look. I love that retro Cavs jersey. Well, Walker, you know how I feel about 90s NBA jerseys. I think it was the golden era of NBA oh, jerseys. Oh, well, they're the best. Because they're pretty clearly the best, right? Well, yes, there were some classic looks, but there were also some super weird looks, and I was totally into all of the super weird 90s cartoon NBA jerseys that they were pulling out. So I love just getting a look at at the spectrum here of great classic jerseys and weird NBA nineties jerseys. And, and I get why the, why the NBA would want to like make up a Jersey for the all-star game because it's a separate Jersey and you can sell those. And that makes sense. But I just love this idea of everybody wearing their own jerseys. This is so cool looking. Wait until Joe Dumars and Grant Hill come out because those are the, the cartoon horse uh, Detroit Pistons jerseys. Well, and that's what's weird about all of this is that so you're seeing guys from the early 90s that dominated, but the jerseys didn't live as long as the players did. And so now we're transitioning to the new jerseys where Hakeem goes with a different Rockets jersey. We're seeing the dark green Sonics jerseys for Kemp and Peyton. You mentioned the Joe Dumars Pistons jersey. I mean, look at that Hawks for the Matumbo. I, I, I guess that's the only jersey you might have played in. It was the new the 90s ones, but 
it's funny the the players that dominated in the early 90s that on their way out but still getting the all-star votes they're wearing what we consider a new era of basketball they're wearing those unis and i love it. i love every minute of it look at that move i mean even at that stage of his career hakeem that was incredible well, so there's a lot of talk, John, right now, you know, on the on the heels of this uh, Last Dance documentary, maybe some criticism from some younger fans uh, about taking Hakeem Olajuwon first and not taking Jordan. I mean, it's obvious, you know, the, 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 the one you gravitate towards is Sam Bowie to the, to the Trailblazers, but uh, some people criticizing the Rockets for not seeing uh, the greatness of Michael Jordan. But gosh, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think people just forget how great Hakeem was. And I know, Walker, you're a huge fan of Hakeem of all time yeah. I just he's insane I just I like I look at Hakeem and I remember and, and I might date myself here but the NBA superstars video that we used to have and it was just a series of highlights and Hakeem was on there his his song was like uh it was by Cool Modi and you get to see Hakeem like running the floor leading the break like the spin move was incredible uh he could pass out of the post his footwork was so good he was like I look at Hakeem and you see like what Kevin Garnett basically becomes like the way he could step out, hit that baseline jumper and the spin moves inside and, and the fallaways and stuff like that. Like Hakeem had that stuff and then KG was able to build upon it uh, with that same type of footwork. So, I mean, it's, it's really hard to argue with at that time, especially with the emphasis on big guys and how important they were in the league at that time. To say that like you would have taken Jordan over Hakeem at that moment in time. Maybe now, you know, looking back on everything, you can make that case better. But at the time, there was such an emphasis on big guys that it's hard to argue with it. Well, it's one as Glenn Rice just torches this quarter as we're watching it. But <laughs> and, and uh, let me let me just stop you there because there's Dave Cowens, uh, current coach of the Charlotte Hornets at this time, uh, watching Glenn Rice. Because um, I just want to say something. Glenn Rice has now had two dunks in a row in this quarter, and you, I think, said that you were questioning whether Glenn's MVP was really that meaningful because all he did was shoot threes. And I've seen him get fizz. I saw him try to jump out on a pass. I mean, he's playing defense. He's, he's dunking the ball. He's look, he's trying to get, get the guy on his hip. Boom. Slam. I no, mean, that this was is... great defense by a young Kobe. No, it was excellent. It was, <laughs> no, that was Eddie defense. Jones. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Eddie. Yes, that's right. It was Eddie Jones. Uh, yeah, that's great. Post defense. It was a great point. That was great for you to interrupt me just to point the great defense. <laughs> I just needed to Kobe say Brock. that. Um, my point about Hakeem was you bring up KG and that's exactly, I think of him in the same light, John, anytime you have the fun debate of create your starting five, I go Hakeem at the five and Kevin at the four. I do that. I, I love both of those guys being on my team, being crazy, big, crazy, long mobile on the perimeter. You know, Hakeem absolutely translates to this era. You put him in this era right now. And Hakeem is just as dominant to me. And and you could even probably stretch him out and probably teach him to shoot threes a little bit more, but he could knock those jumpers down. And why, I, I, having Hakeem, I remember, you know, just being a student of the game, looking at all the stats, having been at one point top 10 in points and number one all time in block shots. I just, it's, it's crazy value. And yeah, you're, it's probably one of the best compliments that we have of Akeem is nobody really knocks the Rockets for taking Akeem. Maybe these young dudes that are watching the last dance now, like you brought up Doug, but nobody kills the Rockets for drafting Hakeem, a top five center of all time. It, because, it, because he was so good. It, it, people, people knock Portland 
for taking Sam Bowie ahead of Michael. Okay, fine. But people don't knock him. Oh, look at Glenn Rice in transition again, getting to the bucket, doing more than just shooting three pointers. This is an MVP performance. It wasn't that I said he was shooting threes. He said that he (laughs) wanted to come out with a statement. And it's it's him just throwing up some shots. They go in because he's awesome. And then you're acting like he wanted to come in on a mission. That's all I was saying at the time. You're misconstruing things. Uh, by the way, Goog's on the floor right now. He's hustling. I, I want to just say this. Like right now, I don't know what you guys are seeing, but I'm seeing two teams playing hard right now in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, they didn't wait till the fourth quarter. I mean, these teams are going at it right now. There was uh, the Terrell Brandon rip of uh, Stockton earlier in this quarter. And then guys like earlier we saw Grant Hill jumping out in the passing lanes. And like these guys are closing off angles and stuff, like actually playing defense and, and playing uh, with a certain type of pace that you don't normally see in an all-star game. And uh, just wait until it does get to the fourth quarter. Cause I, I, back in this time, like these guys, they, they actually, they, they were playing defense. It was, it, this turned into a really fun game to watch. Oh, Kemp inside Kemp Kemp can't get anything going right now. Does get the foul. Um, the East would outscore the West 40 to 27 in this quarter. So this is really where the East made the run. We'll have to see if the West can try to get back into it. But that's the guy right now. Rice is just heating it up from inside and out. And there we go. I'm glad we see the graphic. Yeah. I Wow. Trivia question. Yeah. Who who did he beat? Hal Greer. Hal Greer. How many Let me look up some Hal Greer stats. <laughs> you know, the, the cool part about this, too, is as Glenn is breaking these records, because they were celebrating the 50th season and they had the 50 greatest players there, a lot of these guys are in the stands. And so Hal Greer, they showed him he was at this game. He was he was there. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain's there. I mean, all the greats are there. And they actually go and cut to these guys and talk to them about some of these records that uh, they were a part of that are falling during this game. You think people go up to Hal Greer and ask him what it was like to be at the game? Glenn Rice broke the all-star quarter scoring <laughs> record. I wonder if people ask him that when they see him on the street. He's like, listen, records are made to be broken, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody, I just want to be a normal human being. I wish all this paparazzi was on my doorstep every time I exit. You know, it's got to be tough. Anyone want to take a stab at 11? Anyone want to take a stab at Hal Greer's nickname? I, it's it probably should be known. I mean, we're not talking about some scrub. I who I don't know what his nickname is. Really. High Gear Greer. No idea. High Gear Greer. All right. I like it. I mean, there's Will. Not as good as a still. No, that's a that's a better nickname. We don't have great. I don't, Never do nervous Purvis. Oh, that's good. That, the Ice Man. No, that yeah. is great. Irvin. Further proving the point that they were better back in the day. <laughs> Who has the best nickname in Charlotte Hornets history? Grandmama. Grandmama. Yeah, that probably is number one for sure. Okay, that that game was fun. John John just blew it out of the water. (laughs) (laughs) Fun game. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's does Diddy count? Oh, yeah. B Diddy. B Diddy. Sure. Totally. That's number number two, probably. Uh, The Monster Mash. (laughs) Oh, now you're playing my hits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> mash yeah, yeah mash or monster mash, mash totally mm. oh man there's fun camp yeah oh, he Jordan was so Michael's strong oh man yeah it's i probably am a little early on the transition to the fat sean camp maybe i owe him a little bit more respect this year 
Man, what, what was, yeah, those are great. I, I man, are we talking about? It's probably just a couple more years that Wilt's alive, right? If this is '97, I think it was about 2000 when he passed away, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, what a way to bring things down! Just talking about Wilt's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about more player deaths. Do yeah, we have any more? Give us some more. Want to give us some more nuggets on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reckless, yeah, reckless speculation. Hey, Evander on, on Holyfield in the audience, two rows up. There we go. Yeah, legends. He's still with us. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Part of, his ears, part of his ears not with us anymore, but he's still with us. <laughs> we were talking about uh, like Hakeem and, and KG and some of those guys, and um, during this broadcast, when I was, I was taking a look at it, Marv was kind of talking about, hey. Uh, not a big fan of, of the big guys. They slow the game down. And, and this all-star game is, is so fun because you've got, you know, a lot of smalls, sort of small ball basketball going on. And then Walton brought up Hakeem and KG and some of those guys. And it's really fun to think about, like, what we're starting to see is the beginning of those versatile bigs. We're really, like, at the cusp of it, as you guys talk about, like, this transition, you're seeing more guys uh, like Garnett come into the league, Chris Weber in, in there and with what he could do and the low post, but also facilitating out on the perimeter. And so this is like a really fun, I found anyway, really fun to kind of see the blend of the nineties back to the basket type guys, but also this influx of some of these versatile bigs and how that skill set changed. Well, and I think that's getting some attention now because of the last dance documentary, because the Chicago Bulls, I think we may have talked about this in the rewatch um, or when we were on the podcast with you, John, or, you know, when we talked about it later or mm -hmm. earlier, whatever uh, you look at Tony Kukoc and Dennis Rodman being on that Chicago Bulls team and, you know, Tony Kukoc, absolutely there's Davis brothers out to try to guard them. And that might've been the difference in that uh, series that the Indiana Pacers took the Chicago bulls to seven games. And Dennis Rodman obviously could defend in a lot of different areas, not to mention Michael Scotty. I, it's just a ridiculous defensive team. I think we're starting to kind of go back and say, okay, yeah, I, I know what that looks like. Even in 2020, I, there is some of, of what I recognize being played um, even all the way back in the late nineties. Man, Michael Jordan missed two straight uh, jump shots there. Uh, that's kind of that, th those were his shots. Uh, this might be one of his worst. I'm, I'm trying to look these stats up on his All Star games. This might be one of his worst All Star game performances. Uh, real quickly, as we're talking about jerseys quite a bit, because hello, they're awesome. Uh, Minnesota, how about their jerseys right here, represented by Googs and Kevin Garnett. John, I always thought one of the more underrated jerseys ever, at least in my opinion, it's the black Timberwolf jerseys with the green trim. I absolutely mm -hmm. love those jerseys. Uh, what were your favorite Minnesota Timberwolves jerseys over the years? I really like these ones, and I've got a couple of uh, a couple of these light blue ones. The black mm -hmm. ones that you're talking about with the green trim were great. I love the trees. They have the trees yeah, around the neckline. They have the trees on the bottom of the shorts. Um, but really, a couple of years ago, we went back to the original, like, 89, early 90s uniforms, uh, the ones with Shep, the big wolf logo on it. And it was so fun to see those come out again because it was so long ago. Um, when I first started with Minnesota back in 2007, they were just transitioning away from this. So we had this style for a number of years. But when you go back to those those 
kind of royal blue with the green and the old uh, Shep logo. Like those were my favorite, but I love uh, the ones that these guys have on now. The intro that went along with it, uh, like to this era of this cartoon wolf running through running through the snow and stopping and howling at the moon. Like it was such a cool intro that they had that really came about when they switched to these uniforms. And that's like, as far as, you know, what I remember most about going to games as a kid, it would be these uniforms and that intro that came along with these uniforms. So this was indeed MJ's worst all-star performance within his prime years. I mean, uh, you know, if you discount the the first few years, he did win the MVP in 88 when he scored 40 points in the all-star game. But he only he only scores 14 on 5 of 14 shooting in this one. This is a year after he won MVP in 96, and he would win MVP in the all-star game again in 98 and then participate twice more in, in 02 and 03. Um, but yeah, 14 points on 5 of 14. It was a, a perfect storm for Glenn Rice to come in and win the MVP in an off year for MJ. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I remember talking about it at the, at the top of our stream. Maybe it was Michael Jordan who was at the scoreboard because Michael was not playing when Glenn Rice was playing, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, that would make sense. And so maybe it was Michael saying, hey, Glenn Rice has a chance at the quarter scoring record. I don't know I, why I you, you you're just trying to cut the legs out from under Glenn. This amazing performance by Glenn. Rice. I don't know. Did <laughs> like Glenn Rice? Does Glenn Rice owe you money? Like what is wrong it was with you? I'm just saying. I thought it was cool. Michael you was trying this, to allow John? Glenn Rice to have his moment. Are you going to allow this Glenn Rice slander? <laughs> it's not slander. Get out of here. Sorry, I am just uh, amazed at some of the guys on the floor. Here's Christian Leitner facing up on Kevin Garnett. Yeah, that's it. I was uh, particularly taken aback by, I believe, uh, Latrell Sprewell, who just gave off, who just gave the pass. Yeah. He was a coach's selection. What do we think of those, uh, those Warriors uniforms, too, that Spree's got? They kind of yeah. confuse me. They look like Lakers jerseys. Like, it just, I mean, a maybe, it's, maybe it's the SD feed, but. Yeah, I'm not, I'm going to guess that Sprewell, by the way, wasn't a PJ Carlissimo selection. I'm guessing he wasn't <laughs> coaching. <laughs> I'm just going to take a wild guess. (laughs) One of my favorite spree quotes, by the way, is when he played for the Timberwolves. Remember when he was in a contract negotiation, John, and Spreewell said, you know, I got to be able to afford uh, to put bread on the table. Didn't he say that in a contract? He said, I got to be able to feed my family. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And that, uh, man, it's just, it's, you know, the other day uh, I watched the re-air of Game seven, Minnesota and Sacramento um, to advance to the Western Conference Finals. And it was so just wild to like sit there and watch that and, and kind of remember that time. And then in the next year or so, how everything kind of fell apart because it was Spree uh, in a contract year and then Sam Cassell coming off the injury. And he was also up for a contract within the next year or two. And that team just never really got a chance to run it back, you know. Um, you think about if they would have been healthy, if Sam Cassell would have been healthy going up against uh, that Lakers team with um, Shaq and Kobe and Gary Payton and Carl Malone and kind of the dysfunction that they were having. And they ended up losing in the finals to the Pistons. Like the window was there if, if that Timberwolves team would have been healthy and maybe stayed together for a year or two to, to make a run at the West because there, there was some openings there. How many more? I mean, man, we only got probably about what, like one or two more uh, good Wally years before did he go to Boston and, and that trade with 
or what what happened with how did Wally exit Minnesota? Zerbiak. Wally, I believe, got traded to Boston, um, possibly for like Justin Reed. I would have to look that up. Um, that was a while ago. Uh, but yeah, it was just like then things started to change quite a bit. There was the Mike James era, the Ricky Davis era, like just trying to bring in these guys uh, that could help take some pressure off Garnett, who was carrying the load night after night after night. I got to look up that Wally. I'm not sure how that one played out or when it did. Yeah, not to bring you on to make you do our research for us, but you know, <laughs> it's usually Doug's job. I'm looking up more Hal Greer stats. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the high gear Greer. <laughs> As he's known. Got to get Glenn back yeah. in this game, man. He's got to get the half, the, the record for most points in a half. Yeah, we get more Glenn, right? Like get we're this, not done with get him. this Jordan guy out of here. Who's he? <laughs> well, Steve Holy Jones. Gra- well, Steve Jones graphic here. Cyber Snapper. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows that nickname of Steve Jones, the Cyber Snapper. <laughs> By the way, that sounds very odd. The Cyber Snapper. Yeah, not not 2020 nickname. That sounds think. like the title of an episode on Investigative Discovery. <laughs> the Cyber Snapper. <laughs> I just like. I love the www.nbcsports oh, yeah. slash <laughs> it's like this game doesn't feel that long ago but the way and especially listening to Marvin and Bill talk like the way they discuss uh, the the internet and, and how they're using the internet and stuff it's just hilarious it makes it feel so dated don't forget the https colon forward slash forward slash or your computer will explode I- I know that because the paperclip at the top corner told me so. <laughs> God, KG looks oh, like a mismatch. baby, man. Oh, but he sees free. He does look like a baby. Yeah, man. Boy, we saw we the go. rare. We saw the rare KG huge smile on the free throw line. I don't remember KG with the big smiles. He, I, I just love the way he was playing defense in this game. Like he was bodying up Christian Leitner. Mm-hmm. He gets after Glenn Rice a little bit. Uh, by the way, we just, I don't know if you caught that on the audio, but we just saw, or we just heard Marv Albert um, carefully say the word shot chart, which I contend, and John, you, you can um, either deny this or back me up here. I contend that shot chart is the most dangerous thing that an NBA announcer can say. Because it really, if you say it too quickly, it can come out as shark. So uh, we were talking about the Timberwolves and Dave Benz, who's the TV announcer for the Timberwolves. You guys probably saw this on social media. He, that happened to him. He, he used the, the term shart and, uh, in, in regard to shot chart. It's amazing. Uh, and Jim Peterson was like, uh, Dave, I don't think we should use that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Dave, I think we're going viral. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. The moment's done. It's like uh, the Houston, so we have a problem. Uh, Dave, I, uh, Dave um, I think we're going viral. Uh, yeah. <laughs> done. <laughs> this is, I love this, Scotty. Like, is there a more classic Scotty dunk than that one right there? Yep. The reverse kind of rock the cradle, throw it in, and then just stone face back the other way. Like, no big deal. Man, I'm I'm 
I'm excited for every single episode. We're going to get a blast dance doc. You know, it, it's funny that we were talking about, you know, Scotty Pippen and the contract more than Michael Jordan, right? Like that was the big talking point. It was Jerry Krause, the hatred that both Jordan and Pippen had for Jerry Krause and also more on the, the Pippen side of things we were discussing because he was so underpaid. I, I just find it fascinating. The most anticipated documentary that we've had probably since the OJ series, uh, the OJ doc that we got from 30 for 30. And here we are where there's nothing else to watch. And we're not talking about Jordan after all of this. We're talking about Pippen. I thought that was pretty interesting. I think the, uh, the storytelling that they've done so far in, in laying out uh, really the arc of the season has been fantastic because, you know, like you, we've talked about before, over the course of that year, there's so many things that 22 years later are just not top of mind mm-hmm. um, because you, you just don't wade through the minutia of, of an 82 game season. And so uh, I think the way they've, the backstory from even, you know, they're showing Michael there, but from his rise from high school to college, to the NBA, to eventually, you know, becoming Michael Jordan versus Mike laying out that background was fantastic. And then the Scotty stuff, it's like, it, it all helps paint a picture of the entirety of the season and, and gives kind of lends itself to why that season was so dramatic and, and why, you know, you want to focus 10 hours of content. And I'm sure everyone would love for 10 extra hours of content about that season. You know what I want 10 extra hours of is Chris Gatling posting up in an all-star game. That's what I want. <laughs> well, and, and, and airballing. He, you know, Gatling always ends up on the list of sort of obscure all-star uh, nods. And in this season, 96, 97, uh, he played 44 games for Dallas, averaging 19 points per game and five, uh, excuse me, eight rebounds per game. But then after this all-star game, he would get traded to the Nets. So he would not be wearing that Dallas jersey for much longer. His only all-star season, unsurprising. Yeah, the, the Chris Gatling era turning into Dirk, I believe, the following year is when Dirk was drafted, I believe. That's right. In total... Yeah, I wonder... Go ahead. I was going to say, in total, for the 97 season, Gatling averaged 19 points, but then in 98, that went back down to 11 and the previous year, 11. So I don't, you know, we have this thing on the podcast, John, we, we call it having a little stretch. It's like these NBA players that for three or four seasons in the middle of their career just explode out, kind of out of nowhere. And they had a little stretch and then they go back, uh, kind of go back down to their uh, normal averages. I don't think that that counts. The, just the one season at 19 points per game. I don't know if we really count that as Gatling having a little stretch. You need more than that, I think. So we got the Glenn Rice Thunderous Dunk and the Spree Thunderous Dunk. Yeah, that was fun. Hmm, that, that was, was a good Glenn back and Rice forth. Dunk. Yeah, it's impressive. No, it was. Uh, just it was admit great it. Defense. Just admit it, Walker. This watching this has totally <laughs> turned around your perception of how Glenn Rice acquired this most valuable player award. I've always liked this. I gave it credit. Go back and listen to. I know you don't listen to when I speak. I understand that. Oh, there was a Lionel, Lionel Holland sighting. There was. Uh, was that Alvin was Gentry? Was that Lionel Holland or Alvin Gentry? I think it was Alvin Gentry. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go, Doug. Both of us on that one. It was a quick thing. Uh, Listen, it's the SD feed. It's the SD feed. I mean, and Alvin Gentry's the hometown guy. I should know that one. Yeah, no, App State grad, I believe. Um, 
Shelby. Man, go back and listen. I gave credit to Glenn Rice's All Star Game MVP. Go back and listen to the bracket episode. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to believe <laughs> what I want to believe about it, which is that right. you were pooping on Glenn Rice's MVP for some reason. I was not. The only MVP that sure. Charlotte Hornet has had in the All Star game. This uh, this stretch right here is fun because they're trying to get Glenn the record. Like it's obviously everybody knows. So every time down, they're trying to just force feed him to make something happen. And this is like this is a difference maybe in the All Star game then versus the last couple well, of years. KG. KG. On yeah, he doesn't want to let him get it. No, look, look at him, competitor. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Like. Let the man get the record. Wilt's sitting right there to be fun. Again. Well, you know, uh-uh. KG's showing off for MJ. He's like, this is what MJ would do if MJ wasn't on his team. Oh, no. I mean, even the Gap Man comes over. And, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to put Vin Baker at the free throw line at 42 seconds left in the All-Star game. I think this happened again later. I think Paul George had a, a chance at the, the, the game record. And Greg Popovich said, no, do not allow him to get this. And Paul George eventually would come up short. But I think that happened in, uh, obviously, a much later All-Star game. I, I just think this is great. Like, it's so fun watching these guys compete for something like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think Glenn is talking to him. <laughs> yeah. Talking. Let me have it, KG. <laughs> Please. Yeah, it's funny seeing those Sonics uniforms. You think back to uh, just because we were talking last dance, but um, the finals with the Bulls and the Sonics. And I know you mentioned, uh, look at Terrell. Oh. <laughs> awesome. You know what they used to call Terrell in Minnesota? Stop and pop. Oh, I love that. That's, That's a, a great stop and pop that right a, there. That was a great nickname S&P. for him. He's a good one. Stop and pop. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, they're the, trying the, to get him open, absolutely. and KG is just not mm-hmm. having it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pulling on him. Oh, <laughs> foul. So he's he's off ball. <laughs> How many off-ball fouls are there in the All-Star game? You can probably count them <laughs> on two hands. Yeah, they won it. Oh, Jordan is upset. I think that was on the Terrell Brandon three. Oh, yeah. It probably yeah makes more sense. So here is Rice at the line. An excellent free throw shooter. 86%. He can do it right here. So where are we at with Glenn right now? What's he the counter? Do, right do we know? Here. He has, he's tied it right now, 23 in the second half, and this one will set the record. There it is. The record. KG, KG couldn't stop it. <laughs> the, the record was Wilt and Tom Chambers held that at 23 and a half. That's awesome. Tom Chambers. It's a great pairing. Wilt and Tom Chambers. <laughs> Two of the best. <laughs> That's the ball game. Glenn Rice gets the record. He'll lift the trophy here momentarily. Hey, John, have you had a chance to call a record-breaking performance like that? Do you recall? 
I did get a chance to call uh, Rebecca Brunson in the WNBA became the league's all-time leading rebounder. Um, so there was that. I've called a couple of in the WNBA finals. We had rebounding records. Um, we've had um, like single game scoring records for like franchise scoring records. Um but nothing, you know, to the magnitude of, of an all-time, all-league single-game record. But, um, you know, the, the rebounding ones are hard because it's like sometimes you're following along and, and every time you're saying, okay, they're five rebounds away, they're four rebounds away. But sometimes, like, does a tip count as a rebound? How do, this, how do they score that? And all of a sudden you look down and you're like, ah, oh, I missed the moment. <laughs> like, right. those ones are tough. What was that? That had to be Sylvia Fowles, right? Like, how often was she in that category? So Sill in the 2017 finals uh, set the record in back-to-back games. So I want to say um, maybe it was like 19 one game and 21 the next or 17 and 19, something like that. Um, and then Rebecca Brunson becoming the all-time leading rebounder. That happened uh, during a regular season game against L.A. And that was awesome. They eventually, uh, when they got a moment, stopped the game and honored her on the court. It was a nationally televised game. Uh, so that was super cool, but yeah, both those, those were fun, fun moments. And, you know, just watching some games where Maya Moore lit it up for 40 and set, uh, some of the, the franchise scoring single game scoring records. Uh, those were a ton of fun too, cause it's just building, building, building. And you kind of have that number written down, you know, just, just to the side of your board and you're always keeping an eye on it to see when that moment happens and then, uh, getting an opportunity to, to have fun with it and celebrate that moment. Speaking of moments, this moment did not advance in our greatest Hornets moment bracket. And I think it is the most tragic uh, bounce from the tournament so far because I just don't think that certain Hornets fans appreciate how amazing it was to see someone in a Charlotte Hornets jersey uh, do something on a national stage like that Um, and how much pride you felt, you know, when something like that happened. Uh, so unfortunately it doesn't advance in our, in our bracket, but it was just such a cool moment to see him lift the trophy on national TV. I do like the moment it got beat by Kimball Walker's first all-star start in Charlotte, right? Like it, maybe it just got a bad draw because I wish that would have had at least one win, but you're not, in my opinion, I, the Kimball Walker start in Charlotte to me, I thought was Ooh, special start in Charlotte. Super- also a little tough to say. That's a little dangerous start in yeah, Charlotte. <laughs> It, it, it crossed my mind, but I'm good. <laughs> All right. I think just watching, just watching that third quarter was, was so much fun. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those games that uh, I hadn't thought about in a long time. I love seeing all the, all the different guys there, but the way Glenn got cooking in that third quarter, that was super awesome to see. And just how he did it, the variety of moves, uh, the three point shot, he even had one at the top of the key where he caught it down by his ankles and, and still, pulled into that smooth motion and knocked down the three. That was super fun to watch. By the way, a little cleanup. I said this was one of uh, Jordan's worst all-star performances. He had a triple-double. Uh, so one of, yeah. his, one of his lowest scoring that. performances, I should say, rather than one of his worst performances, because it's tough to have a worst performance when you have a triple-double. But that does speak to the greatness that is uh, his airness. So I uh, can't wait to watch The Last Dance. Uh, thanks for watching this live stream, this live rewatch. We've been doing these every Friday. We'll be back again next Friday with another rewatch. Uh, thank you uh, to the radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets, John Fokey, for joining us on this one. Thank you so much, John. 
Absolutely. Great to talk to you guys again. And we're looking forward to uh, releasing our podcast with you guys coming out uh, on Monday. So stick around for that uh, via Hornets.com. That's right. Hornets.com. The podcast is called Banter from the Booth. Uh, you can subscribe everywhere, right? iTunes, Spotify, you're all over yep. the place. Uh, so just search Ab- Banter from the Booth. And uh, Walker, thank you as always uh, for uh, sitting here and taking it uh, because mm-hmm. you had to watch. <laughs> no, Glenn it was Rice. Yeah, you had to watch Glenn <laughs> Rice embarrass you on this live mm-hmm. feed because you were hating on him and his MVP performance. So I appreciate you having the you know you you had the pride, you had the gumption to sit there and take it. You know, I, I figured I'd get to watch some Terrell Brandon highlights and watch young KG uh, with the excellent defense. And once KG lied, yeah, I, that's fine. I'll let Glenn have his moment. I was going to try to talk KG defense, but that's fine. Thank you for appreciating my time enough to just grant it to you while sitting through that torture. <laughs> We're back again Monday on Locked on Hornets. Until then, I'm Doug for Walker, John, and David Walker. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm sharp. <laughs>